talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Vulture Odrash, Masters of Dice, to a special European episode of Rollin' Thunder. As promised, we are going to get into some live coverage of the recently held European Open Dice Masters Championships held this past November at the Iriesco Game Store in Bratislava, Slovakia. We want to first acknowledge and salute the incredible Peter Cernak for hosting and organizing the event, and more importantly, for being a tremendous supporter of the game since the get-go. We'll hear more from Peter later in the episode, but we would be remiss if we didn't single him out right out of the gate. It's also great to hear about all the different players traveling from all across Europe, 10 different countries in total, right, to play in the Open? For sure. It's really encouraging, and it's great to hear about what's being played in the various metas around the world. I'm hoping that events like this, plus the coming reintroduction of draft packs, will help reignite and breathe some life into the local Dice Masters communities across the world. And to that end, stay tuned for some One Big Weekend 2020 announcements. But seeing as we were not able to make it to Braslava this year, how was it that we came to acquire this live coverage? Ah, <laughs> That's why I'm asking it. Well, Tafar Fashnishagan In Inside Man, you said? Indeed. None other than the 2017 Central European champion himself, a founder of Dice Masters with James and Zach on YouTube, and the winner of last year's One Big Weekend Online, Mr. James Lord. He's very excited to be here. <laughs> yes, a huge thank you goes out to James, because not only did he get those incredible interviews, which are sure to delight your ears, but he managed to do it all while playing in the competition himself. That's some serious multitasking. Gan Auris, why don't you read out James's team so that the listeners have a foundation for the upcoming interviews? Sure. James was running an aggressive Iceman build. His basic action cards were Static Field and Magic Missile, and his character and action cards were Yellow Lantern Ring, the Weaponer's Ring, Techno, Downloaded Consciousness, Professor X, No More Magnus, Malekith, 13th Son of a 13th Son, Scarlet Witch, Careful What You Wish For, Mjolnir, Possesses the Power of Thor, that's the one with the global, Iceman, Right On Schedule, and Shriek, Sonic Beam. And we should extend a massive thank you to our friend Chris True Mr. Six Williams for not only putting up all the team lists on his Brit Roller 6 page, but putting out an excellent episode of the Ministry of Dice on the European Open just last week. You can find all these things on his Brit Roller 6 page, or I'll include links to everything in the show notes of this episode at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 206 for Roll and Thunder Season 2, Episode 6. No apostrophe, no G. Rightio. So let's get to it and set the scene, as it were. The tournament was organized with Pauper on Friday evening, and then Saturday morning they started the modern constructed Swiss tournament, which was followed by the quarterfinal top eight matches that afternoon, after which they finished that Saturday evening with a global escalation tournament. The semifinal top four round and the finals of the modern tournament were scheduled for the following morning. So, on that Sunday morning, they held the semifinal top four matches and then the final itself followed by the 10x10 tournament. A big congratulations goes out to Andy Spug Ricketts, who won the Pauper tournament with a Hulk Power of Attorney team, 
Balage, who won the Global Escalation event with a Ring of Magnetism, Earth X Machine Man, X-51 shenanigans team close to my own heart. And Peter Yezik, who won the 10x10 tournament with his Fish Slap special. It's great to see the multiplicity of ideas across the events. But... Our coverage begins as we light jump across the Atlantic and travel back in time to Saturday, November 23, 2019, just after the third round of Swiss in a quiet back room of the Ariesco facility. Hello, it's James, and I'm here just after the third round of the European Open Championship. I've just been playing against Alex, and Alex is here to tell us a little bit about his team. Alex, how does it work? What have you got? So basically I'm running the Parasite Maxwell Jensen. So the idea is to buff either sidekicks or poxwalkers up and go through unblocked for eventually big damage in big goes. Nice. And what have you got supporting that? We've got obviously the usual control. A Wonder Woman is essential because of static field. And then Shriek and I've managed to get Mimic Ramp in with PXG and Billy Club. And you had the misfortune to play against me in this round. <laughs> I did. When you looked across the table and saw what I had, what did you not like? Well, I know one of my big weaknesses with this team is Iceman because I just haven't got anything to shut it down quickly enough. So seeing the Iceman was a worry. Seeing the static field was a worry. But I knew I had the Wonder Woman for it. But it's just about getting things out quickly enough, which uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to do. Yeah, I think you... you missed a lot of roles didn't you yeah I mean game one I think I, I misplayed it in the sense that I didn't I should have just gone for the control early and I, I kept playing my game rather than adapting but game two I think it's just awful luck but, but I think turn four or five I managed to pull Madam Mask and Shriek both rolled onto energies twice and one woman didn't get to roll so yeah. if if any of those three I think we'd have had a game but I just yeah, the Wonder Woman was a concern for me because then I wouldn't have been able to ping out your shriek so she would have been shrieking my Iceman presumably and then I would have had to rely on the Lantern Ring Weaponers Ring I think it's called to intimidate out the shriek that would have been blanking Iceman but unfortunately for you they didn't roll that's how it goes we were on top table so you've actually you're, you're two and one at this point so you know fingers crossed one game left good luck in the rest of at the at least tournament. you've put my ranking down so I might get an easier match <laughs> next game my pleasure <laughs> alright mate thank you so Alex was running a Poxwalker Parasite pump team with a Mimic Ramp engine. Yeah, it's unfortunate for him that he ran into James here because James created one of the original versions of that team in the one big weekend tournament he won last year. So he was well aware of all its chicanery and its weaknesses. Yeah, the Altair Global on that team is super effective, but static field really slows it down. Yeah, well, on the bright side for Alex, I believe he was able to win his next match and make it into the top eight, even after his setback to James. So hats off to him for that. Are you ready to flash forward to the midst of the Global Escalation Tournament? Indeed. I'm happy to say that in this next interview, we get a snapshot of the rich Barcelona meta. Okay, we've actually started the Global Escalation Tournament, but I've finished a little bit early, so I've got a little bit of time to talk to two guys from Barcelona, right? Yeah, right. This is Didac. Hello. And Xavier. Hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> just tell us a little bit about your team for the, for the modern. Yeah. For the modern, I choose the, a team with Morph and Boom Boom in win condition. Right. I use the basic action from Thor, Shockwave. Shockwave. And in Barcelona, we played a lot, we tested a lot, in, even with American and American teams. And uh, the result was good. The team was uh, quick, 
uh, with a little help with of uh, the global from Create Food and Water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I usually put in in game Boom Boom and Morph turn three. Okay. But I I don't expect the use of global Clayface with uh-huh. Twinga and Iceman. Oh, the the first shot out your move. Yeah, the first uh, game, it was quicker than me. Yeah. And and it was some bad rolls, but most of all the velocity that the Iceman team has. Right. Then I played with a Green Lantern Justice team yep. and bad luck. In the first game I leave my opponent with two lives but he draw and roll eight masks and Ooh. he had three Justice Leagues so... Ah! Okay, that's one turn killer. And then uh, it was more like psychological uh. the, of two losers. I, I, I don't know if to top eight. Yeah. But well, it, it shows that your meta, it's not the other places meta. You learn a lot and I have fun. Fantastic. Okay. Didak, how about you? How was your experience? Well, uh, <laughs> my, my experience was, was horrible because my team, like Xavi, I thought that was very quick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But only if you roll on, on, the, on, the, <laughs> on the table was a drama. I won't play with iTunes, with UNT and Wasp, yep, yep. and I won't play to prep with Malekit and yep. Throne Brick. Okay, yep. In a good moment, one Throne Brick prep three dice. Mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you start to play very fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Malekit goes to holidays. <laughs> um, In the Netherlands. UNT and Wasp, I thought, take the... <laughs> The case is because no, <laughs> no, never put the three on the table uh-huh, uh-huh. on all day. If you don't then, roll characters, then I I take to to try to control block rare, yeah. Madame Mask to quit when so when fielded, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the other guys. Like Iceman. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Iceman is very fast. Iceman is a bit brutal. Yeah, yeah. it's no. It's, I mean, it's reprint of Nova, isn't it, for one less? But you, you have to basically. There, there are quite a lot of counters to Iceman. There is the, the global on Sam Wilson, and there's the Nova Corps uniform. And the main one, really, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is the fact that Iceman brings its own counter. Because the magic missile is yeah. there. If you can generate enough bolts, you can stall that game. For yeah. quite a long time. That is where Bionic. enters Twinga and Clayface. Yes. That's, yes. The, that's yes. that, that, fastest yes. motor that of ball ever. Yes. And there then is. my my only win was versus a team like Xavi, Morph, Shockwave. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at the team and I think, well, another, <laughs> another lose, but no, uh, I learned the... The hard way <laughs> to counter me. I, I learned the lesson... Testing with Xavi and yeah. I play Blob the first ah, okay. to control to control Morph mm-hmm. and the party was very very easy going. Yeah, that's okay. the difference between uh, the team did I played and my team. My team had uh, Boom Boom and Morph and the other six cards were control Blob, Shriek, <coughs> right. uh, the Scarlet Witch. I was impressed that only Didak had a, a action team. Uh-huh, I, okay. I expect more action team. In fact, I was thinking a lot with put Justice Flash to counter to counter oh, right, okay. yeah. In the yeah. end, well, let's not try it. In Barcelona, we play often. So it's a different. It's a difference teams. of matters. It was a bit. Of yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. my my own condition. It wasn't Aiton. Really was with UNT yeah. and Nova Corps. Unblockable. 
plus okay. two, plus two, then. plus two, plus two, yeah. unblockable, eight tune, yeah. six for die. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Nova Corps. Static field yeah. is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's a fun killer, isn't it? Static. Yeah, field. but nobody plays with me. Ah, uh-huh, okay. With a static field. Okay. But another thing I didn't expect is the the use of mimic. The first time we were looking U.S. Yeah. nationals or U.S. USA walls, and we see the use of mimic, mm-hmm. we were impressed. Like, oh my God, you can do this! <laughs> and here we see a lot of people that knows how to play mimic, yeah. like a Ram motor. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's we, very fast, isn't it? When we play the first time mimic, we thought to copy the opponent's die. Uh-huh, ne- uh-huh, never okay. thought yeah. one sidekick to start to prep. That is, uh, you're rolling a lot of dice. Yeah. It requires a lot of investment, and you have to hit that mimic, ideally, on turn three. But after that, you're off. Well, did you have a good time? That's yeah, of course. In, in, in Barcelona, we don't usually speak a lot about dice masters. We play, and yeah. uh, half hour, hour to speak, but yeah. no more. Yeah. And here, uh, last night, be, uh, after the draft, People interested, people who knows a lot. Mm-hmm. I I was speaking a lot about the meta with Peter from sure. Netherlands. Uh-huh, okay. I, I learned a lot uh, speaking with him. He knows. He stuff. knows a very. He, uh, does, he yeah. knows, and it was a very good, very good tournament. Excellent. Yes, I think the same, and I think the most important thing today is show to with kids that European community is alive. Yes, we had how many today? Twenty people today. Twenty people. Now, to then, be fair, this is twenty people who have bothered to come to Slovakia, of, which is of, obviously of course. Yeah. Here today, people from Spain, from Netherlands, from Poland, mm-hmm. UK. Yeah. It's a complicated trip. Hungary. It's a complicated it to to come here it today. Is. It is. Yeah. But we are alive. With we kids. are alive. We are alive. Brilliant. Thank you very much for talking to, you. to me. You're welcome. Fantastic. You. I'm glad you've had a nice time and I'll, I'll speak to you again soon. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye. I really like the engine that DDoc used with Common Malekith, the Accursed, which when you use an action die, prep a die from your bag, plus thrown brick. It's cool that the Barcelona meta found that and put it to good use. It's true. You hear Malekith and most people's mind jumps to the super rare, but DDoc found a good ramp combo there that's definitely worthy of note, especially for any of you engaged in legacy tournaments out there. It's also a potential replacement for spot because it does some things better than spot because you get to reroll because it goes to prep. And also it doesn't only trigger on dice which draw and roll dice. Spot is only when you use an action that draws and rolls dice, you get to draw and roll an extra die. Right, right. For each instance of drawing and rolling. But Malekith just preps a die whenever you use an action. It's a little bit more expensive. It's a lot more expensive. But the stats <laughs> are much better. It's spot super easy to remove. Malekith is significantly less easy to remove. And big ramp. So let's flash forward to after the quarterfinal top eight matches where James sits down with Peter van de Velde out of the Netherlands and they talk about the round four Swiss match. I think it's particularly interesting to listen to the mind of a consummate pilot starting to analyze and prepare for an upcoming matchup. Pay particular attention as James starts asking Peter about Peter's matchup with Spug. And you can hear James starting to think about some of the lines he might take in the matchup he's scheduled to have with Spug the next morning. I love this interview because it has layer upon layer of analysis. Yeah, Spug was running the Collector Nobby Danger Room team that played at the MOD PDM Gaming vs. Cancer event, right? Yeah, with a slight songbird edition. But let's listen in, shall we? Okay, this is James, and here with me is Peter von der Velter. Almost. Almost. <laughs> von der Velter. <laughs> Yes, that's it. it. From the Netherlands, and he's going great guns. He's made it through to the top 
4, which will be played tomorrow. We're still on Saturday now. This will be played Sunday. Peter, tell us about your team. What are you playing? I am playing Iceman. Playing a variation of Chris's uh, Iceman team, actually. He's an inspiration to us he all, was an he? Ins- he, Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so I have, I have the Iceman uh, as well. I have the, the Wonder Woman with Steve... The Reflection. Right? Yeah, Wonder Woman Reflection with Steve... What's his name? Steve Irwin, Snake no. Strangler. No, the other one. Anyway, when he gets scaled, you can buy the, the Wonder Woman for two. Yeah. Then I have well, Magic Missile, obviously, uh, other basic action. Do you have the Twinger that he has? I do not. not. No. So I, you've, you've changed a few things. Yeah. So I, I left out the Chewinga. I'm playing Green Devil Mask. Ooh, okay. What, why did you make these calls? Well, I've been beaten by, by Green Devil Mask many times. So I was like, well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. There's vengeance. Yeah, vengeance. I, I haven't actually bought it once today. No. So it's just there as, as a, like a threat. Yeah, I, you know? I had it on my team as a bit of a scary thing. And I yeah. found I wasn't buying it. People are, people are scared to build up a field uh-huh, if you okay. have that. So there's that. Uh, of course, I am running Scarlet Witch. Uh-huh, yep. the, the other main point of difference between yours and Chris's team, I think, is the Black Widow, the promo Black Widow, right? Indeed it is, yes. <laughs> I know, to my regret. <laughs> yeah, that, at first I had the Shriek in that spot, which is also different from, from Chris's version, of course. But I was like, if I'm running the Wonder Woman, do I really want the Shriek on my team? And then I was like, what if I run into another Iceman? What am I going to do? And then I was like, hmm, promo Black Widow. That might help me win the race. Yes. I think for me it was either that or Nova Corps uniform yeah. in that spot. And stupidly, last night I took out Nova Corps uniform because I was a bit afraid of other people's. I thought I'd go all out and I put on, ridiculously, Super Rare Malekith yeah. to avoid. It was a stupid decision. Mm. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how's it been going for you? Very well. Yeah, I, I've won all my matches so far, so I can't complain. Any particularly tough matchups for you? Well, I, I, I played Andy with his collector team, mm-hmm. and it was just one big Mexican standoff. <laughs> and, and similar to my game against you. It's like we, both of us were like, uh, yeah, I can't really do anything because I need to stop that on his turn. And then we went back and forth, and at, at one point he managed to roll my Wonder Woman away with Billy Club uh-huh. and then he also had Danger Room and then he feel the Nobby did 10 damage to me so that hurt uh, <laughs> but he only managed to get one woman off the field once right and was he so, keeping back bolts because he was using Mimic um, so I guess he had not so much on, on occasion but uh, I'm looking for intel for tomorrow okay. I'm playing him this. he no, might, he might do it against you no <laughs> no but he, he didn't really need to because he had well, he had bolts, but he had mostly the bolts for his songbird. Ah, uh-huh, I see. Yeah, and then okay. he intimidates your Iceman. But you had the weapon as ring, I think. I did. Oh, yeah, also. Did yeah. you not manage to get rid of his collector? Did you intimidate that one? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. And did you get some good damage in then? Yes. All right, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a question of lining up the, the weapon as ring with, with a fielded character, yeah. which can be a bit tricky. Yeah, and we, we both neglected to buy a Scarlet Witch, actually. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Let's uh, hope he doesn't I, learn from that. Yeah, and I, I think I, if I had to play that team again, I would definitely buy Scarlet Witch sooner because his main means of removing my... Oh, Club. is Billy Club. Uh, yeah. Good to know. Yeah, but yeah, you don't have a Wonder Woman though, so that's true. <laughs> I don't know if he'll buy uh, Billy Club against you. I might just buy two shrieks. That's what I did against Cruel. Buy two shrieks, buy two cried. Iceman. Yes. Good yeah, to- that's what I was thinking from a from a sort of technical point of view. It's almost and this happened in our game, it's almost a good thing, almost, to miss your first Iceman. Especially it's almost better to have it two energy rather than the, the poxy level one phase. Hmm. Because if you can get alternating Icemen 
you know, that yeah. missing it the first time, you're probably not going to die <laughs> at the next yeah. turn. So if you can get another Iceman, and that really, you know, instead of bringing, for example, the four-cost Wonder Woman, which would stop people targeting your Iceman, it would be better just to buy another Iceman. Yeah. And I think and it really helped you in that game that that second Iceman was there. And that's because you missed your rolls early on, whereas I missed mine at the end. Damn it. Because you, you got the level one Iceman, and oh, yeah. I got no Iceman, but... I got two later. So. Yeah, I think that, that was better. I, it was also against Andy. It was the same thing because he would, could intimidate my Iceman. Then I got two out and then he could only intimidate one of them. Good tip. You know. Good tip. I'm learning here. Yeah, I was, I, I, was, I was watching... Okay. I was watching the last bit of his game against Chris and Chris also said that he should have bought two Iceman. Uh -huh. I was like, hmm, okay, okay. Smart. Okay, I'm learning. Okay, <laughs> listen. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. We've You're just welcome. been told there's pairings for the second round of Global Escalation, so we better, we better go. Yes. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll speak to you again tomorrow. Good Who luck. Knows? Good luck. Thank you. You too. Thank you. If you're working on your piloting skills, that interview is worth a second listen. For sure, as is the one coming up as well. Gotta love how Steve Trevor has metamorphosized into <laughs> crocodile hunter Steve Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's interesting. I really thought we'd see a ton of that five-cost Wonder Woman at Worlds this past summer, and I think you were the only one who played her. Yeah, she did a lot of work for me there, putting the crimp on a lot of my opponents, but I was playing a Cant team, and I really like how Chris and Peter combined her with Iceman to give their teams more offensive firepower. Gone hours. We're about to hear from Chris himself, who really built an elegantly constructed team. I love how you can hear him lighting up a cigarette in the background of the interview as he's talking to James. Let's dive in. All right, here we are after the top eight, right? Of Yes, uh, top eight. European Open. I'm here with Chris, True Mr. Six who, um, again, had the pleasure to play me in, the, in the top eight. Well, you, you may have had the pleasure. Um, I'm, I'm salty as, you <laughs> filthy, street-using scumbag. Filthy animal. Yeah, <laughs> you filthy animal. Tell us about your team, Chris. So, uh, yeah, I'm playing an Iceman list. Fairly traditional Iceman list. I'm using Chewinga's Swarm for my bolt count to plow into a magic missile, which is then hitting my Iceman to fire the damage across the table. But what is less traditional about it? Well, is there anything less traditional oh, about it? Wonder Woman, Steve uh, Irwin. Oh, sure, yeah. So I've got Steve, Trevor, and Wonder Woman Irwin, in there. Steve Irwin. <laughs> All right, mate. Isn't that the nature guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, just in terms of the meta right now, two things I was particularly concerned about was Collector Nobby teams and Green Lantern teams. Yep, yep. One when fielded, one when attacks, respectively. I kind of realised that I had the capacity to do some KOing of Steve Trevor mm -hmm. to get my hands on a cheap and cheerful. He's got one defence across the board. That's, yeah, absolutely. And also and he's a bolt character. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice... Four on the top, he's a nice little... And he's a not, not one fielding cost, so he's pretty cheap to yeah, get out to. So, Especially just when he grabs those snakes <laughs> and wrestles crocodiles <laughs> and argues with bears, right, right, right. yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he passed away, he got stung he by got, a manta got, ray, yeah, yeah. Got a stingray's tail in his <laughs> yeah, chest. Yeah. Yeah, not, not fun. His son's in the biz now, though. No, yeah, his yeah. son is just like him, yeah, yeah. anyway. Back to anyway, the <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose that is it non traditional, but yeah, certainly putting a little bit in there, and it's also handy. I've, I like to, um 
because I've got the magic missile, I like to really capitalise on that and yeah. do some pinging here and there. So it's great when your opponent's playing Mimic Ramp. Just get that Mimic knocked out Smashing. while your Wonder Woman's in the field, cut off their ramp. Oh, yes. Um, it's handy for dealing with, like, Hopes, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Hope-built teams, and she's got a relatively low defence, get her pinged out, she's not coming back with Wonder Woman. And she's got such a big defence that she just sits tight. Big butt. Yeah, sits tight and you won't shift her. And that's also something else, is that Steve Trevor, what I was finding playtesting the team was my own Magic Missile was a liability a lot of the time. Yeah. So I was looking for characters whereby if they got KO'd, I could shrug it off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So shoot me Steve Trevor, whatever. He's cheap fielding cost. If he doesn't roll, it's two bolts to plough into my Iceman. If he does roll, well, I can use him to buy a Wonder Woman or he's a big fat attack to throw down the field or whatever. And Twinger also is. Yeah, Twinger. So it's the rare Twinger. So if that gets KO'd, it preps me a dice. Nice. So I just thought I'd load up on stuff that if my opponent chooses to use my magic missile to get in my face, it helps me out. Lovely. You know. And then I chucked the thrown brick on there. In case of Wrecker, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely that. So I've got something I can use to ping my Iceman in the attack step if my globals have been taken out of the picture. And a bit of Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet Witch as well. That was for Boom Booms yep. in the main. And then I dropped, you mentioned in Wrecker, just reminding me. So the Yellow Lantern Ring that grants, oh, I like that. grants intimidates characters, yeah. Yep. Uh, again, so I've got, that's there mostly for Bishops, Wreckers, Polaris yes. stuff. So with my Twinger Swarm, it's not difficult to rustle up a yellow lantern ring and a character to get something intimidated out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I can KO the Twinger get a bit of prep you know it, it all kind of ties together fairly nicely yeah, yeah it's really nicely put together the, the main downfall of the team is that it can't handle being double shrieked <laughs> who would do a thing I like know who that, would do Chris? that what kind of man with lacking principles what kind of man with the ethics of, of a snake being wrestled by Steve Irwin. That might have been me. <laughs> I, learned, I learned it from Ben. Yeah, sure. Ben I mean, you know, it's, it's well documented, my feelings on Shriek, and I, I haven't played her today. I've done okay up to this point, but I think now into the top eight, sadly, without that meta piece. Mm-hmm. Or I think there's a bit of Green Devil Mass knocking around in the top eight as well, without that extra bit of control, that removal style control. That was the end for me. Well, I think you did very well, Chris. No. I like that team. I like that team. It's really nicely put together and it really works. I just I also played Iceman and I went through all sorts of variants, including that one. And I just in the end opted for something a bit quicker, mm. a bit more in your face. Yeah. Which... Yeah, absolutely was, yeah. It absolutely was. And I think there was a few moments in the match where I played a bit too tentatively and I could have maybe kept a little bit more pace with you, made you question some of your yeah. rush decisions. Or kept bolts back and yeah. ping my Iceman because I yeah. kept rolling them low, once at least. It was on a low phase. Wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I was just kind of fanning about with stuff. And, <laughs> and it, didn't, it didn't come through. So that's the way of things. Well, top eight is top eight. Yeah, and you know what? I've got to just say, hi, mum. I've made it. Here I am on the Rolling Thunder podcast. I sound like the heady heights now of Dice Masters podcasting. It's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, it's lovely to talk to you, Chris. Yeah. And uh, see you soon. Cheers, James. Bye-bye. Bye. After hearing that interview, I can't help thinking about how much Chris must have been missing that common batarang to deal with James's shriek. Yeah, the bolt on that batarang would have made for some nice energy with Iceman, too, although James did have Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's true. Wonder how close it was to making it on the team. I look forward to asking him. You ready to move on to the top four? Yeah. Let's hear if James's preparation for Andy Spug Ricketts paid off as the two of them sit down to discuss the outcome of their semifinal top four match. If you like to hear the intricacies of piloting, keep a close ear on this interview. 
Okay, I'm here with Andy Spug, who we, we played together in the semi-final. Yes. One of the semi-finals of the European Open. How was it, Spug? What were you playing and what happened? So I had a collector knobby team, old school really. I was using Mimic Ramp, which I've been using for quite a long time. I used it in the tournament that Ministry of Dice put on in mm-hmm. Southampton a few weeks ago. And so I was familiar with that and in kind of like using that so I wanted to stick with that basic team but then had a total nightmare in terms of I had about seven slots that were totally accounted <laughs> for and then just one where I had the night before I had 10 different cards that I could have put in that final really? slot as it happened I ended up putting Songbird in that slot because I thought that'd be a good removal against things like Madame Mask which is kind of the worst nightmare well not the worst nightmare actually Wonder Woman the five cost Wonder Woman <laughs> that prevents Wenfieldism when attacks is the greatest nightmare but the songbird that intimidates stuff out that's four cost or less and actually yeah. that was really good against Madame Mars but also it's very good against Iceman because mm-hmm. I could use that in the opponent's main step to intimidate their Iceman out Without of the field which, exactly which worked which was really good so um, you just to recap you had the the four cards which are used four or five cards which are used for Mimic Ramp so Billy Club Professor Mimic, X, obviously. Mimic himself, so those, those three. And Cake. And then Cake, yeah. Plus Collector Nobby, Shriek, yep, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And then the... Songbird. Songbird and one more? Danger Room. There you go. Okay. Yeah, so that can obviously turn everything into both players' fields into villains yep. Yep. for when you field Norm Osborne and hopefully do loads of damage. So that is the basic premise of the team. This is probably the case where I was never entirely happy with it. I knew it had its flaws, so that's probably true for every team. And, yes, and every team would have its weakness. So I knew there were certain things that I really don't want to see. So I was extremely upset in, I think, two out of my first three games in the opening rounds yesterday I played Men teams who <laughs> both had Wonder Woman five cost who prevents uh-huh, the uh-huh. field is, which Your is nightmare. just my nightmare. <laughs> and my record at trying to billy club her off... <laughs> Or any character for that matter is absolutely atrocious. I so. have images of clubbing Wonder Woman <laughs> over the head. But it just turning into a tissue or something. <laughs> so that wasn't good. Well, you made it through to, you finished sixth or seventh maybe in, in yes. Swiss? Yes. And then you beat your quarterfinal opponent, who was? Yep, so I had Alex Dickerson in the uh-huh. quarterfinals. Okay. Mr. McCat. And then we played, it was split across two days, so we played the, the semis, semis this morning. Yep. And how, how did that go? Well, it was two, we had two extremely contrasting first games. One in which you rolled everything you needed and I rolled nothing, almost literally. Mm-hmm. I think every character aside from one collector that I tried to roll over the course of the entire game missed. <laughs> I was getting quite excited. <laughs> <laughs> but then it felt like the boot was on the other foot in the second game and you couldn't really roll your Absolutely. Iceman. Mm-hmm. And actually, I managed to win that. So, you, James, obviously, you won the first game. I then won the second game, but the moments after I'd won that second game, they called time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So with it being a an eliminator, we couldn't obviously end on a tie. So the decision was that we would need to play, well, effectively a, a six-turn yeah. match. Z- zero, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, with... Dice off. Exactly, with whoever's got the highest total, life total at the end of that. Yeah, if no one succeeds winner. in killing the other one, then yeah. highest life. Yeah. And if that... Yeah, well, that's, let's not spoil the surprise. What happened then? <laughs> so there was great excitement. So, well, you decided to go first, which just surprised me slightly because it meant you couldn't buy an Iceman immediately. <laughs> I was quite tired yeah. in my defence. <laughs> um, so I was quite happy about that. But then I knew that I needed to pick up a, a Danger Room and a Norman Osborne mm-hmm. and tried to field those both on turn three mm-hmm. and then do some damage. That was going to be my, my shot at doing it. 
And what happened was that you, on your... So what was turn four in the match? I suppose your your third turn in the game. Why is it why we have to play a turn zero? I do not understand. But anyway, your what would have been your 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 normal turn? You fielded your ice man. You managed to attack with him, ping him twice. I decided to block him, which did another two damage because I knew that my normal Osborne and danger room was coming up next turn. So I wanted to keep him in the field as yeah, a danger room target. Yeah, you were going for the extra point from exactly. The so I I, and I managed up, to sorry to, I I think I rolled as usual yes, a lantern ring to a single bolt. Action. Was it a single bolt? I, I think, think so. You remember better than me. Yeah, you had two bolts. So I took four from his ability and then a further two when I decided to block him because I wanted to keep him in the field. Okay. In retrospect, that was probably a mistake, but we will come to that in a moment. And <laughs> then on the next turn, I did manage to roll Danger Room, Nobby on a level three, and I managed to have a couple of other uh, things that meant I could get a couple of other psychics out, so I rolled, because you also had a Professor X label, I had a Professor X label, so I could get two psychics into the field. Managed to do that, use the Danger Room, get a total of five damage for all the characters that were in the field because I had four and you had one and I attacked with everything thinking oh that's good you know I can right. I can do just enough damage because you'll have to block my Norman Osborne then I've got three other characters that'll mean that I'll have done more so five from the Nobby plus three from the sidekicks and a block Norman Osborne would make yeah. it eight but but and just as we'd said okay that's it and you'd even said to me oh well, that's I game was, over you've I won I suddenly thought wait a minute Iceman has taken damage in the attack step. Yep, so he eight, therefore eight. takes another two damage. So we were level 8-8. Eight, eight. Quite ridiculous. So then we kind of go to... Well, it's Consul- kind of like consulting a, PK's a uh, flow diagram, which I still haven't done, sorry, PK, of you know if this, then that. And if you get to time, at the, if it's still drawing at the end of turns, mm. then it's the first damage done. Yeah, and... I'd knocked out your ice man, so all you needed to do was roll him because I. Well, you say all I didn't do. I had empty, or even a psychic. Yeah, uh, no, a couple of psychics because you still had Nobby in the field. So I would have had to add two uh, yeah. characters, two, two characters, or yeah. one ice man and yeah. some yeah. kind of vault. But anyway, you were able to do it. But what I was really annoyed about was that I realised afterwards that if I'd had spun one of my psychics down in the attack step using the Billy Club Global and then used Static Field to pull back. My Norman Osborne, it wouldn't have caused your your Ice Man to do me two damage, mm-hmm. and two psychics <laughs> would have gone through, and I would have done seven damage, and you would have done six. Oh right, so, so you, you sort of <laughs> lost twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was pretty grim. But I mean, to be fair, I don't feel that I would have beaten Peter in the final anyway because his team had I'd already played it in the Swiss we did actually have a really close game and he just about managed to beat me I mean one nil it was a really long game in as uh, when we went to turns he just about managed to win that game to win it but you know he had the Wonder Woman nightmare I really didn't (laughs) want to face so I I feel as if a lot would have had to have gone my way if I'd have wanted to to win that game it all worked Still a bit bitter. I'm feeling all right. No, actually. I'm not feeling bitter. I think you know, he's the best team won. Yes, I think we can agree on You know, I definitely think that his team was stronger on the day. He'd, you know, he'd called the meta correctly and, uh, you know, he's thoroughly deserved champion, so I can't Absolutely. complain with that. I entirely agree. Thank you very much, Bug. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time. Take care. Goodbye. You know, we've had special segments in the past on how to deal with the unique situation that always comes up in these major tournaments, namely the turn zero to turn five tiebreakers. A format like that seems to favor James's Iceman build for its consistent ability to pump out direct damage, 
But it's cool to see Spug make that precise calculated purchase of Danger Room and Nobby and then to pull it off, only to overlook that Billy Club static field interaction that could have won him the game. The fact that he realized it later after the fact will only make him a better player, but I know from first-hand experience when you miss something like that, which is extremely easy to do at the end of a long tournament, it always stings. At any rate, our inside man moves on to the finals. Indeed. To face the undefeated Peter Vandevelde in a rematch of Iceman versus Iceman for all the marbles. Final round. Right. We have just finished the European Open Dice Masters Championship final. And we have our new European Open champion, Peter Vandevelde. Did I get it right this time? Yeah. Yes. Peter, how does it feel? Amazing. Still dawning on me that I actually won the thing. <laughs> oh, that final match. Yeah. Tell us about the final, which was with me. Yes. It was very grindy. Grindy. <laughs> That's a word. Yep. Uh, yeah, we were going back and forth, shutting each other down. and We both I, had Iceman. We yeah, we both had Iceman. And I think I, I managed to get some decent damage in earlier yeah that in the end that put the pressure on me yeah, yeah. and then that, that made me do that last thing in the third turn yeah because otherwise you could have let go of the turns and then win on life yeah yeah and then you know i got my black widow out and that that slowed james down yeah yeah, yeah. i um didn't have black widow although to be fair if i had i think the game would have been even more it would have been ridiculous. terrible it wouldn't have been any fun Uh, no that's right so to be clear we were playing i think it was 45 minutes and then five turns yeah and then we we spent another 45 minutes no yeah it was supposed to be best of three and we managed to play in it was like an hour and 15 or 20 and then we managed to play one one whole game game. yeah and it went to turn four yeah you won on turn four of turns and i'm very happy for you i genuinely am couldn't happen to a nice guy well done Thank you. We we both had ice. It was an ice off. I think an ice off, definitely ice off. Yeah. The audience can probably imagine how that went. Yeah. I think we both knew how to stall the other person yeah. out, and it was just what tipped the balance. I thought that buying the shriek and the second ice man might have tipped it for me. Could have, if, yeah. if it worked out differently. But in the end, I think that a bit of extra early damage from you, because I was on yeah, 10 that, and you were on 14. Yeah. So I had to push, because if we'd gone to the end of turns, and it would have gone to life. So I had to push to do some damage, and I had to do it while Black Widow was not in the field. Because, yeah. uh, so I, there was a turn, I think it was, my, it was turn three of turns, Yeah. so the penultimate turn, where I had a dilemma whether to sit back and wait for my to turn five, the very last turn of the game. I could have survived till then. But by then, both of my weaponers' rings would have been lost in my bag somewhere. It's very unlikely that I would have managed to got rid of Black Widow. So any damage that I did would have been limited by that and by anything Peter had chosen to keep back to deal with it. So I had to make a decision whether to just... I managed to knock out Peter's Iceman the turn before. So if he hadn't rolled that back, yeah, that would have probably I think that would have been, been going to me, wouldn't it? Game, yeah. So I had a twenty-five percent chance, really. I think the odds were in his favour, absolutely. But uh, I decided to go for go, <laughs> go for glory. I don't. Yeah. I think in the end, it probably wouldn't have made much. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. I, I was very glad in that last turn that I I rolled what I needed because otherwise yeah. I would have to think: Is how, how am I going to stop James <laughs> from doing more damage to me than I can do to him now? And so it's just like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's a nice game, and it <laughs> yeah. came down to the role of an Iceman. Well done. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Congratulations. You are the champion. 
So congratulations to Peter Vandevelde. Great brew, well-piloted, and definitely earned. Kogarjahas Mahara. Peter's been building and running some great teams for a while now, so I definitely expected him to be in the running. I don't want to go into too much detail here, but we're hoping to get the Netherlands' finest on the show in the very near future, so stay tuned for that. But wait... There's more. For sure. James sat down to talk with one of the most creative brewers in the game, Mr. Peter Yezik, to discuss their epic global escalation match. Okay, the dust has settled after the final of the modern event, and I'm here in the back room with Yeshko, Peter Yezik, and we played a great game yesterday in global what's it called? Global escalation. escalation. For my part, I nicked, I nicked Ben Said Scott's team. I was I was concentrating mainly on modern. I didn't put a huge amount of thought into my global explosion thing. So I had the bulk of that, but I don't have Sadina, a super rare, and there was another... I don't have the Ronin super rare, so I, reply, I think I put Bishop on there and the uncommon Ronin. But it was basically the same as his team. The point of that being, you could either choose to go with PXG or you could try and disrupt PXG. I tried to disrupt it with, what's that called? Nefarious, nefarious B, as I like to call it. <laughs> so rip huntering a, a Nefarious B across <laughs> on the first turn to mess with people's use of PXG when they're keeping back masks. And the, the, my win condition was the stupid Colossus with hope. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen that before. Anyway, so I was trying to mess with PXG, and whereas Peter took the, the diametrically opposed approach of exploiting it to the to the max, I think. So Peter, if you'd like to tell us yeah, about Yeah, I was actually the guy who brought PXG for James, so this was one of my cards. And actually, the whole team was the mask-based, and uh, it was the most single energy I, I used because I was using the PXG with Clayface to have a lot of masks. I was using Morphing Jar to have something really cheap to buy, and Clayface it very, very often in mm-hmm. each possible turn. And I wanted to play with something different, and I played with Avengers ID. And I actually have one one Avenger on my team. It was Black Widow, the one who pumps all the other characters and with this mm-hmm. force at the global. But the main the main strategy was not to use this Avenger, but to make Avengers from other characters. Because in this Avengers ID, there is the global. You can make mm-hmm. Avenger mm-hmm. from any other character. Pay a mask. Yeah, yeah, pay a mask. And the strategy was to have a lot of really cheap morphing jars with really great stats on the field uh, to roll some Avengers ID to make the Avengers from these morphing jars to play the Avengers ID and to deal a lot of damage. So the maybe. Avengers ID gives things plus two plus if two. it's an Avenger. Yeah, plus two, plus, plus, two, two, plus two, two, yeah, exactly. So this was the plan and the plan was to hit uh, really early and really hard. And the fun thing about this team is that you can roll like eight dice in the turn two. <laughs> <laughs> because of this Clayface PXG combination, yeah, it's the most obscene. It's, it's thing. crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you have the eight eight sidekicks in the in the prep in the turn two, and usually I rolled uh, twelve dice on turn three, so like eight sidekicks <laughs> and four morphing jars or maybe some Avengers idea or something. As our games went on, you bought more and more things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was totally okay with it because yeah. I can just use PXG and move it's everything into the prep. Four morphing jars. <laughs> For Black Widow, yeah, for, for everything. The ordinary, I have I have three Black Widows, so not for Black Widows. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and there, there were so many dice at one point that you could barely fit them in your cupped yeah, hands. And 
actually happened <laughs> every in in every match I played yesterday in Global Escalation. So much fun to roll so many <laughs> dice, and I didn't play Morphinger before, so I didn't play this uh, PXG and Clayface combination before so it was really really great experience i think you absolutely did it justice that that was uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was really good really good to see uh, aggression and rolling a huge number of dice my interference didn't really work very well i it started off all right didn't it? i did prep one over and it, yeah, it was the yeah, first turn yeah. two where you hadn't yeah. rolled eight dice or something yeah, yeah yeah but you'd played chris who had the nefarious broadcast and you'd got a bit wise to it by the time because it actually was a benefit to you in the end yeah because i also when when i saw that you are buying the nefarious broadcast in the first turn I also buy it in my first turn I think and prep it so I wanted to be you know I just want to disturbe your using of my PXG so <laughs> you, you did that quite well plus yeah. it was really good because I couldn't blink back I had static field yeah, yeah. which obviously doesn't work <laughs> yeah whereas whereas Chris had on his team his team is very similar to mine but he had Constantine con artist is it yeah, yeah, yeah the one that re-rolls one of the action dice so if the opponent had bought and far as broadcast he, he had something against yeah but but I think I didn't play so well against Chris because I didn't realize this uh, Nefarious brought because I can use against him actually. So yes. he always bought it and disrupted my PXG, and I sometimes bought it, but a little bit later into the game. So by the time you got to me, you knew yeah, what, yeah, you, knew I what you what were to doing. do. <laughs> <laughs> I suffered yeah. horribly. So you basically were far more successful in disrupting my ramp than than I was in disrupting yours. And my own basic action bit me in the yeah, because I, I couldn't blink your stuff. Yeah, I have to admit that your arrows were well, awful, <laughs> very, <laughs> very often. Goes without so. saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the end, we played two games. The only damage that Yeshko took, I think, was not even damage, but a, lo- a loss of life. You had yeah. one bag burn. I don't think yeah. I did any damage to you. Didn't really get off the ground at all. And the last game, he was basically killing me. And I had a couple of masks, and he didn't roll. You didn't. I don't think you rolled the Nefarious Broadcast, or you didn't. maybe you didn't have it, or he didn't roll or something. And you had loads of stuff in the field, and I had stuff in used, and I had two masks, and I thought oh, I got really excited, and I thought for the first time in two games I can actually PXG for Psychic, yeah, yeah. because it was all, always either he had used the, the Nefarious Broadcast, or I didn't have a dice in the, in the used pile or whatever. So I did that, and just after I did that I realised that I'd left like one die in the bag and two in, two in the used pile, which meant that I would be taking a bag burn. And I was on 15 live, I think? Yeah, I think 15. And and then what happened? Actually, this, I think it was your mistake to tell me that you had a back burn <laughs> because I probably wouldn't realize that you have... Uh, no, two. I think it was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Had to be done. <laughs> that, that was fun. <laughs> but, yeah, so I have like a lot of characters in the field, like three morphing jars and two black widows, two sidekicks, and uh, I rolled the uh, Avengers ID and I can make it for make a few of the characters the Avengers and I just start counting and it looks like I have like 14 damage 15 mm-hmm. lives so it's not little you had various things didn't you because you had one Black Widow rolled which was giving pluses yeah, and then yeah. two masks to make Avengers of the sidekicks which got then plus two plus two yeah. and then you had some pump globals in yeah. your basic action because my basic actions are basically the pump globals for fist and for bolts so yes just to be sure that a lot of damage goes through and I started counting at the beginning I see that I have little because I can deal 14 damage and you have this back burn at the beginning of your turn so it's safe. Then checking my calculations and it's always the bad thing for me because I'm just <laughs> I'm starting to you know counting the things wrong and I forget that I already filled the Black Widow that pump all of my characters plus one uh-huh. so it doesn't doesn't feel very very good for me. I, I remember that I had little, but I didn't know how to how to get to this little. 
but finally I saw somehow realized that yeah, I have this backbone, I have this Black Widow field and it's enough damage to actually not to kill you, but so I had, because you kill yourself. I had 15 life, <laughs> I had 15 life, I had done no damage, you'd maybe taken one yeah, yeah, or that yeah. might have been the previous game. Yeah. Uh, I had 15 life and he had a bunch of stuff in the field and he managed between his pumps and his Black Widow and his... Avengers ID card to get 40 in attack on the board and because I'd got overexcited and used PXG with the two masks I didn't have any static field mm -hmm. to use even though you hadn't you hadn't rolled in a virus broadcast and even worse I'd left myself only three dice to pull so he did 14 damage leaving me on one life and then as I pulled the next turn I killed myself with Bagburn which was the best way to lose. It was hilarious. It was the best <laughs> best game in a long, long time, and it was really, really good day, and just the like real highlight of this today's global escalation. Fantastic! It's always, <laughs> always, always a pleasure to play with you, Peter. Yeah, the same. Thank you very much. It's lovely to talk to you. Take care. Thank you. Take care too. Having used that Clayface PXG morphing jar engine is like a coke speed methamphetamine cocktail. Yeah, it is. Definitely fun to roll all those dice. And always great to hear from Peter Yezik. And we've saved one more Peter for last, right? Okay, let's keep our G rating here. But yes, we promised you some words of wisdom from the host of the event himself. Let's listen in on James's interview with the tremendous Peter Cernak. All right, uh, we're here at the end of the day. People are sort of starting to go now. It's all quieting down a bit, and I finally managed to have a word with Petr Cernak, who is the owner of Ihrisko in Bratislava, which was the venue for the 2019 European Open Championship of Dice Masters. <laughs> and Peter, tell us about it. How, th th thank you very much, first of all, for everything. How was it from your side? Did you have a good time? I did. I'm super sponged. I'm, I'm tired, of <laughs> yes, course. Absolutely. I mean, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday full of events and people. And I honestly, I'm really, really thrilled. And most of them are really nice. So, so the time for me as a person, I had really great time. Yeah, me too. Tiring, but great time. Very. And yes, I had my personal. I, I played one Heroclix tournament and one Dice Masters tournament, one of the special side events which I could play, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it a lot. So at least something because that's the only thing usually on events like this when we organize them yeah. that I miss the actual play and I have to you know that, that's my sacrifice. <laughs> okay, I'm you know I'm so good, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So so this that was the that would be the only regret. But I managed to play at least one tournament of each. Fantastic. Okay, tell us a little bit about the prizing because it was incredibly generous. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Well, first of all, we whiskeys were really, really nice when we chatted about it. Who who would come and and we wanted to make it a little bit better than nationals, yeah, just yeah. to give it a real, real, it real, really real good. weight, the value that people would know that that they they value this event, and they did so. So so beautiful prizing came from whiskeys. And uh, we were able to add from Ihrisko a bunch of nice cards and support mm -hmm. for communities and so just some just nice sweeteners and stuff like that. And then we had Ultra Pro, a company which works with us on many events we organize here in Slovakia. And when they've heard, we told them about this coming in, yeah. uh, the Whiskey's European Open coming. And they were like, ah, how about, you know, supporting that one as well? We said, of course, please. So they sent us a bunch of bags and oh, dice, D D60s for Heroclix that, players, uh -huh, those okay. special metallic, really beautiful things, and some special nice beautiful D20s for as live counters for Dice Master players, and some I don't know sleeves or a bunch of really nice bunch of bunch of stuff. Lovely. You, you had to be a fellowship to get one of those. <laughs> I, I win too much. <laughs> <laughs> really good. I think it's been a fantastic event. Is there any message that?
that you'd like to, to send to the, the Dice Masters community or to, to anybody else? Uh, maybe a little encouragement because one thing is the you know tournament part where you compete for prizes and, and, and you are happy that you meet a bunch of new people and, and see their approaches and, and you know the gaming thing. But then there is the community thing, and it has proven again uh, that Dice Masters have a really nice community. Mm. Those people here, they were so, Absolutely. so nice. Mm-hmm. So I, as an organizer, I never worry about, you know, like cheating or other stuff. It's just really nice and smooth, mm. and lots of laughter. And yes, all the seriousness and competitiveness when it needs to be there, mm-hmm. which is also fun, yeah, isn't yeah. it? But, but it was great. But the, the other goal I had was to... To bring us together to, to start talking about different communities, how they are doing, what would be the possible obstacles, what are the things that can get better, and how to help them. And the relationships started or continued here allow, allow us to create a space where we can discuss these things and communicate clearly to Whiskers as, as, as partner of ours, mm-hmm. as, I, as I perceive them, that we as a players and, and even even me as a shop owner or organizer, yeah. so we are a bunch of people who love the game and they're happy that we love the game because they love the game actually, yeah. but they also produce the game, so, so, so they want to take care of us and we can tell them with a stronger voice now what are the needs, what are the obstacles, what are the rocks in our in our way mm-hmm. and how can they help us and what can be done. So there was... You see, I'm using the past tense. There was a crisis, in a way, in Dice Masters, mm-hmm. in Europe especially. Uh, when you look, watch the uh, communities of different countries, they were falling in, in terms of numbers and yes. interest. Yes, and stuff. Sure. But I believe that there is a chance to recreate some of the communities and refurnish and get new people in and, and just, just make it more vivid. Yep. And that would be brilliant. Yep. Okay, well, keep my fingers crossed and my <laughs> thumbs held. <laughs> Peter, thank you very much indeed for everything that you've done and that you do for the community. Well, it's my pleasure. Brilliant. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I think this is a fitting interview to go out on because I agree that we can use events like this as a springboard to reignite and reinvigorate the Dice Masters community across the world. I know the continued product delays have soured the mood a bit before the holidays, but having seen some of the upcoming product, I'm really encouraged about the potential for the game and the competitive scene starting with 2020 and beyond. So let's pick up with Peter's question. What can we do to help? Well... It's my belief that the local scenes are going to get a great boost from all this upcoming product, but especially the return of the draft packs. People love to draft, and that's great for the local game store. One of the reasons we started One Big Weekend last year was because without draftable product and without WKOs, the local scenes were suffering, and we wanted to breathe some life back into them. So now with packs and product and all this enthusiasm, We're hoping we can launch a One Big Weekend 2020, and we're encouraging everybody from across the globe to get in touch with us, from the long-time established scenes to those of you who are trying to build a local scene for the first time. Now's the time to do it. From the new scenes, like the ones in Poland, to older scenes like St. Louis that have dried on the vine. If you want to come back, all is forgiven. We'll slay the fatted calf for you. So if you're interested in joining the party, we can help you get it set up. Email us at rj at rollandthunder.xyz or lucan at rollandthunder.xyz 
Nowhere in there is there any G's or apostrophes except for the G and Arge. <laughs> okay, so we can get you on the contact list. We're in the initial phases of getting the event organized, but the sooner we can get a structure in place, the better. We're going to make a point of covering how to build a scene in our upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. Yoga Gandalf Fishin, Chiffy Midge Gun Will Shiv. Sangaful. Well, that's the end of Turn 5, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz, without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Narlagajia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned. Enough said. Oh, it's oh, still it working. Okay. Oh, jolly good. Okay, so you've just got a little bit of me swearing there. Excellent.